This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining. We have a good video to get in today. I think you're going to like this one. We're going to be breaking down big tech, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon, and Facebook. These five companies dominate the market. They really do. They dominate their respective markets. They're basically all monopolies. In my opinion, I think every one of them, all five are undervalued to different extents, but they all have very different strategies in how they're growing their business, how they're taking money and reinvesting it. They're all doing very different strategies. And in this video, I want to break down their different strategies and how to view these different companies as investments. So we're also going to be looking in particular at Amazon. This is a company that I've really liked over the past couple of years, even though it's traded flat. In fact, I'm in the red by 500 bucks, so just a little bit, but I continue to add more and more to this holding because I think Amazon is undervalued. I think the company's growing quickly. And I think that the PE ratio, the main determinant of the valuation of a company, Amazon's being 53, is misleading for this company because a PE ratio is most helpful for a company that is optimized for profits. And Amazon has not optimized for profits like Microsoft has or Apple has. So we'll be going over all of big tech and why I like all of these companies and contrasting their strategies, but I'll also be spending a little bit more time on Amazon. Now, one quick note before we jump in, I recently just did a three-part, three-hour series on Amazon for the Patreon. So this is an exclusive series for Patreon members, but you can check it out and watch the three-part series for free by joining the free trial. There's a link in the description. It does not charge you up front, so you can check that out if you're interested. I think it's worth it if you're interested in this company. All right, now let's go ahead and jump right in. This is the story fund. Right now, it doesn't look pretty. We're still down $6,000, but last week we were down $12,000. So we've made up some of the losses, but we still have a ways to go. Now, I do something different with my portfolio and my channel. I don't just show when we're making money. I show this good or bad with complete transparency, even if we're in the red, even if we're losing money currently, I'm still going to continue to show updates. So if you want to follow along for free and see updates on a real portfolio every single week, all through 2022, you can subscribe to the channel and follow along for free. Now, if we compare this against the S&P 500, this is what it looks like. Back in November is where the cloud company sold off like crazy. It's where Facebook and PayPal and Netflix sold down like crazy. And that hurt the performance of the portfolio. And we're currently trailing the S&P 500 by around 12%. Now, a lot of people look at this and they make huge conclusions. Like the past couple of weeks, we've been behind the S&P 500. So all is lost, right? The companies that we're buying aren't doing well. That's not exactly what this means. I want to highlight one quote from Warren Buffett's latest Berkshire Hathaway shareholder letter. He says, whatever our form of ownership, our goal is to have meaningful investments in businesses with both durable economic advantages and first-class CEOs. Please note particularly that we own stocks based upon our expectations about their long-term business performance, and not because we view them as vehicles for timely market moves. A lot of people have different views in the market. They say, well, we're behind over the past couple of months, right? The performance hasn't been good. But that is market fluctuations. Because of interest rates rising, A lot of the market has shifted from growth companies to value companies, financials, energy, and consumer defensive companies. 
That's market trading. That's not how I'm investing. I'm investing in the future prospects of these companies. And Warren Buffett goes on to say that point is crucial. Charlie and I are not stock pickers. We are business pickers. So Warren Buffett makes a special effort to say we're not market timers. We're not looking for short-term market plays. We're investing in quality businesses that we think will hold up very well, and they have a lot of durability. So I understand that right now, the market timer play would be to jump into commodities and defense companies because there's a potential war and energy companies because oil prices are going up. And I could try to time those plays. That's not the type of investing I'm doing. I do fundamental analysis on companies that I think will have incredibly strong future perspective growth. And I invest heavily in those companies. It might not work out in the next six months, but over the next four or five years, I think it will work out. Now, having said that, let's go ahead and take a look at my portfolio and why I continue to have so much money invested in big tech. Why I like these companies so much, even at their current valuations. In first place, we have Amazon. I have $22,000 of value in this company. Then we have IGV as my third largest holding. 8% of this ETF is in Microsoft. So I actually have a decent amount of this 20,000 in Microsoft. Then we have Google, $17,700 of value in Google. Then we have $7,000 in Microsoft. And we even have $5,900 in Apple in this portfolio. And we have another $775 in Facebook. I was fortunate enough to sell out a large portion of this company before the major drawdown. And I'll explain why I did that in a minute. But if we look at the valuations of these companies, they can look a little scary based off their P.E. ratio. For example, we take Amazon. This company has a 52 Ford P.E. ratio. Looks a little expensive. Apple looks a lot better. It's at a 27, which still seems kind of expensive, but... You know, it's Apple, it's a great company, so maybe investors are just paying up for this one. We have Microsoft. To me, this is one of the most wide moat businesses in the world, but it still has a 32 Ford PE ratio. I still continue to believe that Microsoft is undervalued. We have Meta or Facebook trading at a 16 Ford PE ratio. Now, Facebook is not my favorite company. I don't really love any of their products that much. I don't care for Instagram that much or Facebook. But I will say their core business is incredibly cheap. At a 16 Ford PE ratio, there's not a lot baked into the price here. Then, of course, we have Google. This is a company that I really do like their products. Obviously, I love YouTube. They have YouTube Music, YouTube Premium. They have Google Search. They have Android. And they're trying to get into cloud. And this business trades at a 23 Ford PE ratio. So when we just briefly look over these companies and their PE ratios, they look like they're all kind of expensive. But I think this all overstates how expensive these companies are. I think every one of them is cheaper than the P.E. ratio would imply. And one of the big reasons that I think that the P.E. ratio actually overstates the expense of these companies, making them look like they're more expensive than they actually are, is because of how aggressively all of them reinvest. And I want to go over their reinvestment and growth strategy. With Microsoft, it's simple. First of all, they copy other companies. So they see Zoom building out conference software. They see Slack building out chat software and conference software, and Microsoft builds out Teams. Did they think of that themselves? No, they just copied those companies. And since they already have such a huge network of companies they work with, their customer acquisition cost is a fraction of these other companies. So Microsoft can copy other companies all the time and build out their same software, and they can sell it easier than those companies. That's a big way that they grow. But Microsoft also reinvests heavily through acquisitions. They're constantly buying other companies. They bought Minecraft, which was a very attractive buy. It's a cash cow now. They bought LinkedIn, possibly their best acquisition ever. It's the only social network that doesn't have the problems like Russia misinformation and moderation problems with people being upset because it's a business social network. 
but they're growing the ad revenue there like crazy. Then they bought GitHub. This is a knowledge base that they have and it gives them a further insight into the coding industry. Then they have Activision Blizzard as their current biggest acquisition. A $70 billion acquisition of a massive gaming company that's a cash cow. So Microsoft can take this enormous amount of cash flow that they have, continually buy companies left and right, Congress isn't stopping them, and they can copy any other companies, anything that they're doing and implement it in their core office suite. The growth potential of Microsoft is still completely untapped. They can continue to grow like crazy through copying and through buying. Now, next up, we have Apple. Apple's reinvestment strategy is much different than Microsoft's. They do copy features from other things and implement it into their service. So that's a similarity. But Apple does not do acquisitions. They're not going out and buying Minecraft or Netflix or Tesla or other companies. That's just not the way that they run their business and they reinvest. Rather, they do secret projects. They do projects in secret for multiple years, not talking about them, not advertising them, but they pour a ton of money into these secret projects. And if those projects are good enough to see the light of day, to be able to actually go to a customer, they'll finally reveal it. But they'll only do that when they're confident that it will be a success. That's the only time Apple actually reveals a project. And that's the reason that so many things that Apple does are successful is because they work on a lot of stuff and they'll only reveal it if they have a high amount of confidence that it will be successful. And we know a couple big directives they're working on right now in secret. They're working on AR and VR, they're working on the Apple car, and they're working on healthcare. These are some of the things we know that they're working on. Now, one of the rumored updates we have from Apple and their VR AR headset is the device has reportedly completed second phase engineering validation tests to ensure that the prototype units meet Apple's design goals and specifications. DigiTimes added that the headset is expected to debut by the end of 2022. So we could see an AR VR headset from Apple debut by the end of this year. So even though Apple's trading at like a 27 PE ratio, Part of the reason why is because they're putting so much money into these projects. They're working on cars and healthcare, AR and VR. They're pouring a lot of money into this stuff that they could otherwise be giving back to shareholders through dividends or share buybacks. So they'd actually become more profitable if they weren't pouring so much more money into these investments. But Apple thinks they'll create more value down the road with these investments. Then next up, we have Google. Google does long shot bets. But I'm not investing in Google because of their long shot bets. I actually think that they're the weakest in terms of their reinvestment into these long shot bets. Most of their long shot bets get scrapped. Most don't work out. It's kind of like throwing spaghetti against a wall and seeing what sticks, right? That's kind of the approach Google takes. It's okay. Maybe something will work out in the future. But the reason that I invest in Google is because of their core business. They have a very strong core business with YouTube. You're seeing massive YouTube premium subscription growth. YouTube Music is now being competitive with Apple Music and Spotify. They have YouTube TV. Uh, They're also, of course, the owner of Android. And they have Google Cloud, which they're trying to grow, trying to compete with Amazon. So Google has an incredibly strong core business with their whole advertising network and all the different things are growing. But their long shot bets, from what I've seen... They go on for years and they're usually not that fruitful. So I'm not investing in Google because of their long shot bets. And the company trades at a low 20s PE ratio. So even if none of their long shot bets turn out, I still think the company's undervalued just based off of their core business. Then we have Facebook. Facebook, I actually think, has the riskiest reinvestment strategy. It's led by Mark Zuckerberg and it's basically one directive. The big thing that they're doing to grow the company and the future of it is the metaverse. 
So they have a more concentrated bet than any of the other big tech companies on one directive, which is the metaverse. The other ways that they're trying to grow their core business is by basically engagement, having people stay on their platform for longer, monetizing them for longer. That's a big competitive industry. They're competing with TikTok and Netflix and YouTube and anything else that takes your time away. Facebook's competing with them. But in terms of their reinvestment strategy, it is the most concentrated. Everything is based off of one thing Mark Zuckerberg's working on, which is the metaverse. So in my opinion, I think that this is actually a more risky bet. Either it will work out big and the company will go up multiples because they'll own a huge part of the future metaverse, or it will just be a flop. It'll be something like the Amazon Fire phone, right? It'll be something like the Microsoft phone or Apple's multi-charging pad. You know, some of these things don't work out like expected. So Facebook can't make the metaverse latch on to society in the way that he envisions. That'll be a big problem for Facebook. So again, I think that this concentrated bets a bit more risky than the other big tech bets. And that's the reason that I took a lot of the gains in Facebook a couple months ago. Now, having said that, Facebook has traded down to such a ridiculously low PE ratio that even if the metaverse doesn't work out, I think they'll continue to offer good value just based on their core business. Now, next up, we have Amazon. Amazon's reinvestment strategy is dramatically different than Facebook's. While Facebook has these concentrated bets where they're putting everything into the metaverse, and that's all Mark Zuckerberg's focused on, Amazon never bets the farm on any one thing. They build out lots of small investments and projects, and then as they start to grow, they put more and more focus on it and more effort on it. That's how they grew AWS. That's how they grew their logistics. That's how they grew Alexa and all the smart home devices. That's what they did with Amazon Prime Video. They didn't start any of these with $20 billion initial investments. They just grew them from a, a small starting point to now a major business. And they're doing the same thing with music and physical retail. They continue to just look at different potential projects, fund them with some growth, and then continue to invest in them as they continue to show success. So when I look at Amazon's reinvestment strategy, the way that they run their business and try to grow it and try to reinvest, I find it much more preferable to Facebook's because again, I think it's far less risky. I think Amazon has a much higher chance of having a lot of these projects work out and be fruitful than Facebook's. So that's the comparison I'd make. Now, having said that, again, I think all these companies are undervalued. I like the reinvestment strategy from Microsoft, Apple, and Amazon the most, and Facebook's trading at a very cheap price. Even its core business compared to its earnings is incredibly cheap. So I think all these companies are undervalued, but I think Amazon has the most potential currently to surprise to the upside. Now, while we look at the PE ratios of big tech, and it can seem a little expensive because they're in the mid-20s, I want to compare that basket of companies we just talked about to another basket of companies. This is consumer defensives, Companies that investors right now are piling money into. We have McDonald's Corporation, the real estate and food company that's trading at a 24.5 Ford PE ratio. Keep in mind that's right there in line with Apple. So McDonald's is as expensive as Apple with its current price to earnings ratio. And it's actually, it's a little bit cheaper than Microsoft, but it's actually more expensive than Facebook and more expensive than Google. So McDonald's is trading at a higher price to earnings ratio than Apple, Facebook, and Google. Now, what is McDonald's doing in terms of their long shot bets, in terms of building out infrastructure for the future? Is McDonald's releasing an AR and VR headset later this year that might revolutionize the world, right? Like some Apple devices really end up doing? I don't think so. I don't think McDonald's is doing a whole lot of reinvestment. McDonald's is probably incrementally building out their business, 
closing stores that underperform, opening more stores that might perform better. That's basically what they're doing. They might adjust prices a little bit and raise prices. But is this company reinvesting anywhere close to the level that big tech is? The answer is no. We can look at the Clorox company trading at a P.E. ratio of 33. Again, investors are fleeing big tech, they're fleeing cloud companies, and they're rushing to companies like Clorox. We can again look at big tech. Amazon's at a 52. So Amazon is more expensive than the Clorox company. Apple's cheaper. Microsoft is even cheaper. Facebook is cheaper. And Google's cheaper. Four out of five big tech companies are substantially cheaper on a price-to-earnings ratio than the Clorox company. Now, maybe I'm missing something here. But it doesn't appear as though Clorox is growing like crazy. We can compare the revenue growth of Clorox to the revenue growth of, let's say, Microsoft. One of them sees incremental, consistent growth, has an extremely wide moat. And then we have the Clorox company. It's pretty flat. It might be growing a little bit over time. But what am I missing with this company? Are they doing any massive reinvestments? Are they buying Activision Blizzard? Are they building out a, a premium subscription model? You know, what is this company doing in terms of reinvestment? I would stack up the reinvestment plan of Clorox against any big tech company, and I don't even think it comes close. But yet investors are paying a higher price for this company than almost every single big tech company aside for Amazon. That's the only one more expensive. Now we can cite more examples. We can look at Kimberly Clark. This company trades at a 22 Ford PE ratio. 22 Ford PE. Investors are racing into these companies. They're paying up for these companies. It had 3% revenue growth year over year last quarter. 3%. That's what the revenue growth looks like over the past five years. Again, we compare that to Facebook. It's trading at a 16 Ford PE and had 20% revenue growth last year. So for 20% revenue growth with very high margins, you're paying a 16 Ford PE. And with Google, you're paying a 23 Ford PE for 32% revenue growth and extremely high margins. But investors, for whatever reason, prefer this company. They think this is what's going to create future prosperity and future wealth, investing in Kimberly Clark. We can also take a look at Coca-Cola, a company that's almost completely stagnant, not growing at all, and investors are paying a 25.4 Ford PE ratio. It grew 10% quarter over quarter last year, but that's only because of the reopening, because restaurants reopened. Overall, the company's not growing. Coca-Cola is mostly a stagnant company. And if you look at the earnings per share, it's been this way for the past almost 10 years. The earnings per share have gone up almost none over the past 10 years. But yet, Coca-Cola is a company that investors are paying a 25.5 Ford PE ratio. For this company that's not building out the metaverse, they're not building out YouTube Premium, they're not building out AR and VR headsets in the Apple car, they're not buying Activision Blizzard, in fact, they do very little in the way of reinvestment, it's trading at a higher price-to-earnings ratio than Alphabet, than Facebook, and around the same P.E. ratio as Apple. That's what investors are pricing this at. So when I compare these two groups of companies, on the one hand, we have big tech, we have Microsoft and Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook. And then in the other basket, we have these type of companies. We have McDonald's, the Clorox company, Kimberly Clark, and Coca-Cola. If you compare the P.E. ratios to each other, they're trading for around the same. Big tech is selling for around the same price as these companies. And in my opinion, when I look at them over the next five years and which ones are going to have bigger earnings and create more value for shareholders, I think without question, big tech will outperform this group of companies. 
without question. I don't even have any doubt in my mind that that will happen. Big tech's earnings right now are artificially lowered based on their heavy reinvestment they're doing. Unlike Kimberly Clark and Coca-Cola, every big tech company is doing substantial amounts of investments into future projects that will probably create a lot more value for shareholders. So when I do comparative analysis of big tech and their earnings potential, the projects they're working on, and the moats of the business, how stable they are and durable they are, I continually think they're undervalued compared to the alternatives, companies that investors are rushing into, oil companies, commodity companies, and consumer defenses. I don't think that's where you're going to get long-term wealth. It might be a good trade. That might be a good trade over the next couple of months, but that's not the way that I'm investing. I'm investing for the long-term, for the future, and I see more value in these big tech companies than I do in many of the alternatives. So I hope that gives some insight of why I continually buy Amazon and these other companies. Again, if you want to see the three-part series on Amazon, there's a link in the description to join the Patreon. I think if you try it out, you'll really like it. But that's all for now. I'll see you in the next one.